What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sif Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. Once this podcast gets up to 200 miles per hour, we plan on jumping out and not getting a scratch on us. It's Sif Pop. Fasty McFastface. <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks. Vroom! I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com, and I'm joined by Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And joining us today from Movie Night on YouTube, it's John Paula! Woo! Yellow! Huzzahs. Uh, I live my life one quarter mile at a time, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> one quarter mile. One quarter million views on YouTube at a time. Yeah, so I've gone two so far. <laughs> uh, John, it is always a blast to have you on. Uh, I appreciate your professionalism. I love what you bring to the conversations. Uh, if you ever get a chance to check out any of the stuff John does on YouTube, you will not be disappointed. Uh, he does absolutely fabulous stuff. Thank you very kindly for that. And right back at you. You're one of the few reviewers I can go to and trust his opinion. Oh, it's thanks, man. To see it. I forget I forget what you recommended to me last. Um, uh, I remember just a, a few weeks back. Oh, I think it was um, Split, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. I remember yeah. I only had – I hadn't seen any reviews about it, but I saw you recommend it. And I'm like, that's enough. Let's go buy some tickets. And I was not disappointed. Did you oh, notice how he said he trusts your opinion so mine is moot at this point, <laughs> I guess? Well, you don't you don't have a YouTube review show yet, do you? This you do the trailer reactions and stuff. Do you also review films? Oh, Sith Pop, that's about it, though. Just here on the podcast. You okay. Mean. Yeah. Yeah. I got too many. I other heard your guys' Disney out. episode a couple weeks back. That was really good. That was fun. The uh, that was a lot of hard it work. Was. Uh, I'm I. Anytime we do a Sith sort, it's always fun. I and we're doing one today, and I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a blast. Uh, we're going to talk uh, Fate of the Furious. We'll sift sort the the fast movies uh, and, you know, agree on all of those. Of course, we've got Buried Treasure as well. Um, before we get into any of that stuff, and even before we get into Do We Care, 
I just want to ask you guys something right here at the beginning, kind of a little, you know, personal insight. What is your relationship oh, to like right. car culture? Like, you know, like, are you like a car guy? Because, you know, obviously we're talking about the fate of the Furious movie and, and all that kind of stuff and Fast and Furious. Like, would you call yourself a car person? What about you, John? No, definitely not. Andrew? I enjoy cars. I like looking at the sleek lines, and that that's about it. That's where it ends. I am a car guy, not a gearhead. Okay. So how would you distinguish the difference? Gearheads know all the intricate details of how an engine works. They know like what, you know, specific like RP. They can put it back together. Yeah, they can put it back together. I like here's an example. I've watched every single episode of uh now I feel like an idiot. The BBC Top Gear. Top Gear. I've watched every single Top episode Gear. of Top Gear. Um I love, you know, like I appreciate the artistic beauty of cars, I guess you could say. Yeah. But as far as like knowing like their specs and everything like that, not so much. So I'm kind of the same way, except for I couldn't even tell you, like, can you identify cars by what they look like? Yeah. So like if you see a car on the road, you'd be like, oh, that's a Sunbird or oh, that's yeah. a Lamborghini or, or whatever. Or an NSX. See, I can't like even do that. Like, oh, really? I just, okay. I just, I'm not into it in that way. I can look at a, like a nice sports car and go, oh, that's a sweet looking car. Yeah. Or I can look at a you know uh, one of those boxy cars and go, what were they thinking? Yeah. But you know, pretty car, not pretty car. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. Can you go truck, van? <laughs> <laughs> what do you call the ones that, that are extended? Those are called vans. Oh, okay. Yes, I can do that, Andrew. I, I can tell the difference. Long car. <laughs> I was car. I was the same way, Aaron, up until I don't know maybe five to ten years ago. When I realized I could not tell you the difference between a Mercedes or like a, a Chevy. Right. And I thought to myself, I should rectify this. And over the last few years, I've made a more conscious effort of noticing tags and, and plates and uh, logos and decals on cars to try to drill it into my head what certain models and makes and manufacturers look like so that I can better identify, you know, a 2007 BMW from, you know, like a 1998 Toyota. Toyota Corolla or something. Yeah, so I'm, I'm much better at it now, but I'm mostly in your boat. <laughs> Mercedes used to make planes. Yeah, I'm already taking grief in the in the yeah, live there, chat. I, was, I didn't want to say anything that there is no such thing as a Sunbird, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. In there wasn't there a Pontiac Sunbird there's or something? A Thunderbird. I don't know. Sun, Sunbird is, I think, a television station, <laughs> or a, or that's Sunbeam, I think. Yeah. Oh, you know man. what? You can corner the market and make that's your right. own. I'm the Sif Pop Sunbird. The Sif Pop Sunbird coming to your local dealership uh, next year. Yeah. All right, let's get yeah, on to some uh, Do We Care, Andrew. Well, starting off this week, we're going to do one quick We Care Deeply. Charlie Murphy, comedian, actor, and older brother of Eddie Murphy, has passed away from leukemia at the age of 57. Yeah, you said you wanted to chat about this. I'll just let you do quick. that. Just because I really am not familiar with his stuff at all. I didn't really watch Ch Chappelle's show, and I'm not familiar, familiar with his comedy stuff. So why don't you talk a little bit about what he meant? So for I was introduced to Charlie Murphy through uh, the Chappelle show, initially through the, uh, the Rick James skit, which is one of the most iconic skits of all time. Yeah. But he Even also though I did, never watched the it, show, it, I'm familiar it, with it. It um, adversely affected my teenage years, I am ashamed to admit. Yeah. <laughs> then he also did I, the I went around skit. most senior year of high school saying that famous line, uh -huh. yeah. as if I were cool. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, that's how I got introduced to his uh, stand-up specials. And he was a funny, funny guy. He hasn't He hadn't done anything for a long time because he had been battling leukemia and... 
on the 12th, which was two days ago, he passed away. Super sad. Yeah. I just wanted to mention him real quick. No, 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 that's fine. I will tell you when I saw it pop up in my Twitter feed, for a split second, I thought Eddie Murphy died because he looks so much like his brother. Oh, they're, yeah. And, And I saw the name Murphy. Mm-hmm. And you know, passed away or whatever, and I was like, "What?" And yeah. so uh, I, I, I knew immediately he must be Eddie Murphy's brother, obviously. But yeah. I, you know, I just really didn't know a lot about him. Yeah, super sad. I just wanted to mention it real quick. Okay, uh, moving on to do we care? I can't believe it is quote unquote official. Cable has been cast in Deadpool two. Josh Brolin will now be Cable in Deadpool two. Ironically, because they went with somebody who's already in a Marvel universe, not. You know, well, technically he's in the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. but Deadpool is not. He is in the Fox Marvel Universe, but now Josh Brolin's just being greedy, <laughs> kind of like Chris Evans was, except Chris yep, Evans. Eyes in both. Yeah, Chris Evans made Thanos, the right decision. Right? Yep, he's going to be Thanos, but Chris Evans is like, nope, I'm getting out of this Fox Universe. I'm going to the one that's going to make me money. <laughs> now he's Captain America. Um, I I care about this. I mean, I Deadpool will be interesting to see what they do with the second one. Primarily, I'm still wondering what those Firefly things were about. Yeah, here's my thing. I think they might still be playing with us with this cable casting news because there was a Variety article a while back that was pretty sure that Michael Shannon was going to play Cable. It never said it officially, but it was like they're in final He's talks. He's on the short list. Short yeah. list, you know that kind of stuff. Well, it wasn't even short list. It was like they're in the final talks. You know, with Michael Shannon, that kind of stuff. And the Firefly posters make me wonder, you know, is Nathan Fillion, like, is there going to be more than one cable? Because, you know, is it going to be like a, uh, you know, some sort of mutant time travel slash, you know, multiple character thing? Yeah. Or, or even just because Deadpool is Deadpool, will they have several different actors play the part just because they want to? You know what I mean? That would be really funny. They pull like a Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, just yeah. have all of these guys: Pierce Brosnan and Nathan Fillion. Who else was on that short? Uh, David Harbour was on that list. Yeah, just have them all play Cable. I, you know, be Deadpool can get away with stuff like that when other movies can't. Now I say all that. I'm I'm probably way wrong. It probably is just Josh Brolin and he's going to play Cable. But yeah, I don't know. My brain just just wonders with Deadpool if everything's a joke. You know? Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Uh, final do we I like, care? I like that this franchise is now the embodiment of an April Fool's prank. It's just <laughs> everything they say, we can't take at face value. We don't know what they're going to do with it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Josh Josh is a great actor. I'm interested to see what he's going to do with this role, um, but I'm not familiar with the property. And having loved Deadpool so much already, that the first film, not the comic, I don't really care about the news because like, I was going to see it anyway. It, they could yeah. put... You know, a, a block of moldy cheese in the in the role of the villain, and I think it would still be quite entertaining. So, Josh Brolin or no Josh Brolin, I'm in. Final do it's, we care. Michael Bay has said that there will be, and this is terrible news, I'm sorry to do this to you, Aaron. <laughs> there will be 14 more Transformers movies. But after this newest one, he is going to step down as director. Well, that's, you know, that's bad news, good news. Yeah. Um, I think he's just playing. I think they got 14 pitches. I doubt they're actually going to produce them all. But if they keep making a billion dollars each, uh, who knows? I actually that's, Anything is possible. That's good news all around. I don't listen. I have said this many times on this podcast and other places as well. Every movie has a chance to be awesome. That includes Transformers movies. They could write the ship. They could figure it out, um, especially if they're doing expanded universe stuff where they can go outside of what they've already established and some of the you know the negative stuff that that I don't like that they've already established Transformers I love Transformers as a kid and I hated 
the Transformers movies, but that doesn't mean they can't figure out a way to go back to what some of us might enjoy, which is a well-crafted action movie that actually means something has heart and doesn't, you know, uh, doesn't come. You're from asking the, too much. Doesn't come from the mind of a 13 year old boy, you know. Well, we were talking. You're couple, asking for too much. <laughs> we were talking a couple weeks ago that Travis Knight, who did Kubo and the Two Strings, is going to be doing a standalone Bumblebee movie. So yeah, you know, you never know. Fingers crossed that they're actually halfway decent. I am the eternal movie optimist. We know this, right? Like I am always willing to give a movie, you know, the benefit of the doubt until I've actually seen the last frame, and yeah. then. And then we'll and then I'll decide how I felt, you know. I'm in but, the fool me five times camp. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fool, fool me five times. I'll I'll still see your six, but I won't enjoy it. Yeah, that's gonna wrap it up for Do We Care. Uh, the other thing that you didn't mention that was breaking news just recently before we went uh, on I the air. I don't want to do it. It's going to hurt me so bad. <laughs> uh, the last... Do we care about Star Wars: The Last Jedi? <laughs> the Last Jedi trailer broke. Uh, and apparently, Andrew didn't know it until we sat down to record, so you haven't seen it, and you're the only one of the three of us that's going to watch it. Yeah, to work for I have to go make YouTube things, <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, okay, how, how, long, the, how long will it take side. me to get back? How long will it take me to get back to my apartment? Because I plan on doing a whole bunch of errands, you uh-huh. know? But now I have to go home, record this, and then run all my errands today. So Errands, not errands, right? I'm going to be driving you around, you know, <laughs> help you with things. Uh, that reminds me Actually. of a, that reminds me of like a terrible memory. Can I tell you just a quick personal story? Go for it. It's I, your my, podcast. My second grade teacher was my worst teacher of uh, my entire scholastic history. And she, one day she said she wanted to run some errands to the office before we went somewhere as a class. So we were all lined up to go somewhere. She was like, I need to run some errands to the office and then I'll be right back. And so I went up to her thinking she said, I need to run errand to the office mm-hmm. and then I'll be right back. And she looked at me and she said, I said, errands, you idiot, not Aaron. She said, idiot? I'm, yeah, in second grade. I'm just like, uh, okay. okay. So, Time to put some Elmers ouch. in her seat. Yeah, she was also the one that told my friend to quit crying like a crybaby, and she was just, she was, she was, she was mean to the boys in her classes. I think, I think a man had hurt her. If I had to guess, you know, psychology, I think that she had been hurt by men and in her please, life. And please, why not? We're thirty years <laughs> removed from this event. That's right. Judge away. <laughs> That's right. Horrible. Uh, it is the horrible. fact that you remember it this this far uh, after the fact is, is telling that it, it probably had a psychological effect on you. Which, and I think it would for any kid to be told like, "You idiot, sit down." Like, yeah, remember her Jesus name, lady. I'm, I'm I, only I seven. I do, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah, because you know, out of all the Miss Dunkelmans out there, <laughs> she's going to be the one, and she's Miss like listening. He remembered. That's uh, actually <laughs> that's actually BDG. This whole time we've been lied to. <laughs> BDG is in our actually, chat. In our chat is actually my second grade teacher. Yeah, you're not you're not yeah, fooling right. me. You're not. I see through you. Um, yeah, that's that's why I'm that's why I'm in uh, broadcasting in media today is because I just want to prove that I'm not an idiot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like Aaron, my whole career. That's so that's so sad. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to talk a little bit about the fate of the furious. You know what I like about you, Dom. You're a genuine outlaw, but you're his family. The hell of a job, brother. When we get back to the base, beer's on me. He's about to go up against the only thing they can't handle. You. Did you ever think you'd betray your family the way you did today? Dominic Toretto. 
just turned on us. The Fate of the Furious is the eighth movie in the Fast and Furious franchise. With Dom and Letty married, Brian and Mia retired, and the rest of the crew exonerated, the globe-trotting team has found some semblance of a normal life. Don't speak so soon, because soon they face an unexpected challenge when a mysterious woman named Cypher convinces Dom to betray them all. What do we think of the fate of the Furious? Do the quick one-word answer first, and then we'll go a little more uh, in-depth. Did you like it, love it, hate it, uh, dislike it, or it was just okay? What do you think, Andrew? Did not like it. Did not like it. What did you think, John? I thought fate was great. Hey. (laughs) So you liked it. Would you say like oh, it or naturally. love? Oh, naturally. Of course. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't I, – love is, is a strong word, and okay. I have loved films in this franchise. I think this one is somewhere towards the middle, maybe above average, but I, I really enjoyed it. I am going to side more with John on this. I liked it. Uh, not even a strong like, but a solid like. It's not like even you know close to it was just okay. Well, I'll let you guys take care of the pros then, and I'll just be <laughs> hanging out in the con section. Do you not have any pros? Debbie Downer over here. I have two pros. Okay, why don't you start with your pros since you have less than us, probably. Dwayne Johnson is a character you are legally not allowed to hate. (laughs) I mean, and I'm not not talking about, you know, his character Luke Hodges. I'm talking about The Rock himself is impossibly unlikable. Yeah. He's just so good. The dude is like sex appeal and charisma personified. Yeah. It's wonderful. Here's an overall thing for me. The premise of this, having Dom turn against the family, that's a cool idea. I like that. For me, overall, it didn't kind of, it kind of fell short. But the like they didn't deliver on the premise for you? Not really. Okay. Uh, There's so much, uh, I'll wait till more cons, but there's so much ridiculous with this movie for me that it kind of took away. And I'm like, man, they should have focused more on that. But the premise there, that's cool. And it's something that I think that the franchise needed to. Keep it fresh. Yeah, and it, it's interesting you say that because I would almost say the opposite, that the premise almost, like you said something about it not going far enough. I feel like it almost went too far at times. Uh, no, like, it went too far. Oh, okay. But, I'm talking about how like uh, it, how ridiculous it got in this movie. Well, I mean, it's Fast and Furious. Like That's the kind of movie it wants to be, right? I'll wait until cons to talk more <laughs> about it, but I got... I, I got Things to say. All right. Well, I will bounce off that for one of my pros, which is the ridiculousness. Uh, It is like when somebody uh, hammers a joke home and it's funny and then it's not funny. And then they do it so much that it actually gets funny again. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I have that experience (laughs) with the action uh, of this movie. It's like, oh, that's cool. Oh come on, guys! That's not cool. And then they take it so far. I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. You know, like it's it's like this... all right, all right. You won me over. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. the Family Guy treatment. <laughs> yes, it's like it it gets so ridiculous at times that I just have to giggle. And there's like this insanity euphoria that happens with me. <laughs> and there are several moments, and I, I will mention a couple of them when we do spoilers uh, about this. So that'll be next in your podcast feed. That. I will mention specific scenes where I'm just like giddy in the seat going, this is ridiculous and I love it. And that's that's what this movie gives me that I think it wants to give me. You know, like I think it's aware of that, too. It's not like it's, you know, an accident that it's doing those things. What mm-hmm. do you think, John? Uh, no, I completely agree. Uh, the middle act sequence, um, I don't know what we're talking about for spoilers here. I think the plot reveals, but action sequences, the middle of the movie has a sequence and it's one of those moments where like this is so bananas ridiculous 
I can't possibly take this film seriously. Oh, wait a second. I have a huge smile on my face <laughs> because it's just fun. That was so it, it, hard. It's one of those things where you just you, – it, it, you you're rolling your eyes while smiling at the same time. That was my experience throughout most of this film. But that is the scene I was talking about and or one of them that I was talking about where it just goes so far that, that it's just – I don't know. And and I think the reason I would consider that a spoiler too, John, is because like I don't know if I'd had the same experience if somebody had told me about it versus just watching it happen on the screen where it's like I I, I was not prepared. <laughs> and I'm glad that I was not prepared for what was about to happen to me. So I find that a positive. Obviously, Andrew finds that a negative. What were some other pros that you had, John? Um, I think the cast and the characters, they gel really well together at this point. We're, we're, you know, five or six movies deep with each set. Um, none of them have done all eight, unfortunately, but, uh, Dwayne Johnson has been here for four. Uh, Tyrese and Ludacris have been with the franchise. I want to say for also since the second five, one. five or six movies since the second movies, but they missed the third. They were not really in the fourth one. Um, so each each character has been in at least four or five movies together, and now they've really developed a rapport. Just seeing uh, Ludacris and Gibson bounce off each other is fantastic. They're always funny. And I felt like Michelle Rodriguez got a little bit more material in this film and actually had a chance to act, which I don't think she ever did in this franchise. She mostly just sort of sat around and, like, grimaced mm-hmm. or was just the plot device to move around the sort of the, the mechanisms of earlier films where she was dead and then she was brought back and... Uh, and oh, the whole movie plays like a soap opera, and I kind of love that, that all these relationships, all these characters, they're all moving together in a weird and, and somewhat entertaining harmony. And I totally dig that. These are characters we've grown to love over the last 16 years, and um, they still feel like well-fleshed-out people, too, I even if they're superheroes. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree with that. I would also add that I thought Charlize Theron was was great in this. I thought she added even another semblance of like actual acting that was going on that I love to see in this. I actually thought that um, really maybe uh, I I think the performance from Vin Diesel was kind of decent in this one too. Um, there were some moments in this where I was like, oh look at you, you've got your acting muscles on. And, yeah, uh, yeah no, there, there were definitely a couple scenes where where he kind of gets like really upset and he lets his emotion show. That I was like, I don't know if I would have read that scene that way, but I really like some of the the choices he made, and and it was compelling, which is not something I've ever said about his acting before, so (laughs) I will give him that. The other thing that I had in the pro category, and uh, I don't know if this is true for a lot of people, but I really like the family stuff. I love the, the themes of loyalty and family and the way this one played with those themes, I thought was great. It actually means something, and I think that's part of the reason. This was mentioned in chat as well. Uh, that's part of the reason I I don't mind the ridiculous so much, and I take that for what it is because I actually buy into the reality of these characters as a close knit family, you know, trying to do this stuff. So, and that's similar to for sure, you know, the kind of suspension of disbelief you do with, the, like you said, a superhero movie like the Avengers. You know, I love those characters, and so I buy into the reality of their dynamic while allowing them to be superheroes, you know? I'm going to say something, yeah, and I'm throwing this just out of the dark, out in the dark because it just came out of nowhere, but it's something we probably should mention. Aaron, you and I saw this in Laser IMAX. Yeah, yeah, so. we, we went... I saw it in D-Box, and it was awesome. Yeah, tell, tell me about the D-Box experience. They don't have one of those. It was here. fantastic. It was a ride. You're literally riding a movie for two hours and ten minutes, and... While most of the dialogue, they, they sort of, you know, turn it off and it's, you know, 
uh, a very gentle sort of sway back and forth for some of the establishing shots and helicopter moves. A majority of this picture, though, is car chases, gunfights, and fistfights. And every time one of those wrecking balls slash, smashes into like a Ford Explorer, your whole seat goes jostling in the opposite direction, and you legitimately feel like you're in the middle of this riding shotgun with the, the Fast and Furious crew. And I totally, totally dug that. The entire movie, this felt like the most perfect example of why D-Box exists and why it's worth the extra money more than any other movie I think I've ever seen, barring the other Furious films. One, I'm so glad I paid the extra bucks. It was totally worth it. Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting thing to think about kind of that 4D movie experience. We did get a chance to see it in IMAX Laser, uh, which is always crystal clear and beautiful, and uh, I thoroughly have enjoyed I love, I love laser. every laser movie I've seen. So um, this was no different for me. What about you, Andrew? Did you like the experience? Uh, it, it emphasized the cons for me, but it also heightened the pros. Yeah. So... Everything is heightened. Everything is heightened. So. And the sound. Man, the sound in there. So incredible. That's something that these movies always get right, though, is the sound. Maybe the visuals, they mess up here and there, but they never once mess up sound. The uh, the sound mixers that they have for the uh, these this franchise, they are on point with their game. They know what they're doing. I kind of feel bad for composer Brian Tyler, because I'm sure he does great work, but I never hear it. Because the whole movie is just engine, explosion, gunshot, engine, explosion, gunshot, ad nauseum. And I love it because it's mixed so well. It has this deep sort of guttural reverberance that like every time something does crash into a wall, like you feel it. And especially when I was, you know, writing D-Box. But like these movies have that like heavy auditory impact that just makes it more of an experience. And and I I don't know if there's music because I I couldn't hear it. (laughs) I'm uh, sure there is. I'm sure there's like a theme. Does Fast and Furious it, like this is an eight picture film, and yet I don't think it has like a theme. None of the characters have late motifs. There's not any of that you associate with the franchise like you would a Star Wars or an Avengers or anything else that's made it to eight films. That's a great is, point. Okay. Whatever the newest trapper very song is. Yeah, it's it's basically modern yeah. hip hop. Modern hip hop is the theme. Yeah. So yeah, let's and, uh, I, and I think it, it fits it well. But there's not something you don't hear like a, a like, you know a chord of music and associate. Oh, that's Dom Toretto coming around the corner. You don't have that uh, relationship. Whereas in Star Wars, for example, when you hear those first few bars of the Force theme, you know, okay, this is Luke Skywalker's moment. He's going to be in this next scene or whatever. Right. And I I feel like Fast and Furious could benefit from that, but it would sort of take the the um, I don't know the personality of the franchise in a slightly different direction. Yep, um, totally agree. Uh, do we want to move into cons? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what, what didn't we like about this movie? Andrew, you want us to go first so you can then just rant for yeah, a while? Yeah, okay. go for it. Um, I'm going to have to say I still – it's not that it offends me. It's just not me. The bro culture that's kind of throughout these movies, the focus on rear ends, the, you know, the big muscles, big cars, uh, you know, it's just like – I don't know. There's just something frat boy about it that's a little weird for so me. So you didn't you never cared for the original couple of films then. Yes, yes. And we'll talk more about that when we rank them. But yeah, I was I was Cuz I was going to say cuz I I I understand your 
adversion to that, especially since you're older than I am and you're a father and you have a family. Sure. I feel like looking at the short skirts in Cuba is like, all right, I, I don't need this. I'm not 12 anymore. Yeah, exactly. At the same time, I used to be 12. I kind of <laughs> love it. And so I, and I liked the, the cold open of this movie uh, is set in Havana, a gorgeous city. I had a chance to visit last month, and it was so cool to see an American film uh, you know, shoot there again for the first time in decades. And that whole sequence felt very reminiscent of the first couple of films in this franchise. It was, you know, pink slip races, um, girls in skirts, and just racing for the sake of dignity and respect. There were no heists. There was no, you know, bad guys and EMPs and bombs and stuff. So I really liked that. But at the same time, it's like, I kind of feel like we grew up past this. Yeah. And that some of those moments felt a little immature for a franchise that has, dare I say, kind of grown up since then i yeah i I would agree with that i point yeah i think yeah that's what it is for me it's it's a a maturity thing whatever you want to call it it's just i i i don't know those it puts priority it's worldview puts priorities on things that i wish our culture would put a little less priority on whether that be physical appearance or money or adrenaline you know, those kind of, like, you know, the racing. I mean, it's ironic to me in some ways, and I'll, t- I'll try not to be too much of a downer with this, but, you know, the way that uh, Paul Walker died and how it correlates yeah. to what this movie honors is really ironic to me and interesting, and I, I, I wish they'd have a little more nuance with that sometimes. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, I, I, would ag- I would argue that Paul Walker would be okay with oh, the direction sure, of the absol- film. No, I, I believe that, too. I absolutely think he would be fine. Uh, I just mean art but it, 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 it does feel a bit, uh, especially the last movie, because he you know died while filming it. Uh, well, not you know actually filming, but right, during yeah, production. Yeah. It, you you certainly kind of kind of come away with these films thinking like I kind of feel a little bit like icky that you would actually you know glorify cars and violence and car crashes when your franchise lead died in such a tragic, yeah. and horrific way from cool. one of those experiences. Yeah, and even more generally than that specific example, just what it puts priorities on are things that our culture does prioritize, but I wish we didn't so much. And that's, you know, yeah. that's a personal thing probably. What about you, John? What are some cons for you? This is something I noticed and I felt during the experience and when I read up on it afterwards it confirmed my thoughts and really drove home the point that this is two separate films. You have Dom Toretto's story hanging out with the bad guys, and then you have Dwayne Johnson's story, trying to track him down. And reportedly, the two men, Vin Diesel and The Rock, did not get along and had a very frosty relationship on set, which is why, you may not have noticed, they share but a single scene together in the entire movie. And when you actually consider this, I don't know how much it hurts the cohesiveness of the narrative. I think there are moments where it would have benefited them to have some closure to that, uh, to their relationship in this film, because they start off in a spot where um, they have, there needs to be some closure to the way their relationship begins in this film, and we never get that because reportedly the actors literally could not be in the same set. That was, and debunked. it feels like the movie was it. Yeah. In, in what in what respect? Because I watched the movie thinking there was going to be one scene where they had a hug or a shake or just some acknowledgement, like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I turned my back on you. Welcome back into the fold." And yet I never got that. It felt like they were in two separate movies. And I don't know if it was necessarily a bad thing, but it, it did kind of limit the, the, the impact of the finale, if I, if I had to put a bow on it. Yeah, Vin Diesel and like half of the cast in this movie came out and said, yeah, none of that's true. They get along great. It's just because for this movie, they're kind of at odds. 
So it wasn't them personally not getting along together. I just heard an interview with the producer that's produced all... In fact, he's the only person that's been on all eight movies. And he didn't seem to debunk it. Like, he he seemed to say that, you know... I've heard Vin there Diesel, Scott Eastwood, and I think I've heard Michelle Rodriguez say none of that's true. Yeah, but I mean, I here's here's my thing. I don't are care. They gonna, are they going to confirm it, though? Yeah, that's the thing. I... I, I don't I don't I don't care about petty squabbles on set as long as you can still create a nice production. And I just felt like and, and even if that wasn't the case, even if they got along swimmingly, I still feel like the movie is missing that scene at the end where the characters right. make up. The point still stands either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and even still the, the resolution with Dom and everybody, like I, I don't want to spoil the and not that it's a spoiler that like Dom is a good guy and he doesn't really <laughs> You know, he's not really going to kill all of there. his friends. Yeah, like, I think you're safe there. Um, it, it's interesting that the end of the movie, we don't... Um, there, there's a moment where we need to see, and we don't get it. And that kind of... I was like, ah, okay. oh, shoot. They, they needed to tie something up, and they didn't. What about you, Andrew? All right, it's time for you to rant. Tell us, why, tell us why we're wrong in thinking this was an all right movie. <laughs> Here we go. Camera style in this movie, I did not like. There was way too many shaky cams I agree and quick with that. cuts. I agree with that. I, like... Maybe it was because we were in laser IMAX, but that was really affecting me. And I'm like, oh, it's just so disorienting. I'm you know? so done with shaky cam fight scenes. Yeah. Choreograph and practice it enough that you can shoot it where I can watch it and be amazed by it and enjoy it without trying to trick me into it being something more than it is because you're just shaking the camera around. There was a scene in this movie where somebody jumped over something, and I'm not even joking. There was four cuts. While <laughs> in the he, jump? In the jump. And it wasn't in slow motion. Yeah. It was insane. Was was this during the prison sequence? Yes. Yeah, that's what I figured. Okay, you were talking I know about. what I know what you're talking about. I know this. It was a cool shot, but it was it was four separate cool shots. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, no. Get rid of shaky cams and quick cuts. It it's so disorienting, and it people are catching on that. Yeah, people are have, starting to figure it out. Yeah, like the Avengers movies really need to figure it out. Whenever you have movies like The Raid or um, what's another good example of like. There was a, a movie that does it well. Yeah, that it was really recently. They they had there was a movie like that's how you choreograph a fight scene right there. That's, where you can watch oh, the whole John thing. Wick's it was John Wick Chapter Two, where like yeah you watch yeah, John the whole Wick, thing. John Wick knows what it's doing, and they choreograph it so fluidly. You're absolutely right, and and because of that, it's euphoric in some ways because you know yeah. what you're watching is is more real. It's it's the same reason uh, when you watch something like The Revenant and it has those long, no-cut you know, scenes mm-hmm. where you're into it more because the camera never cuts away. Every time a camera cuts away, you know what it does? It reminds you you're watching a movie. Yeah. I, and so the less you can do that, the less distracted you'll be. Yep, Spartanite. Yep, it was John Wick, yeah. Um, here's another con I have. And you guys touched on this earlier, but I'm, I think you had it as a pro. I'm going to make it a con. So this series as a whole has gotten progressively cheesier. It, with like the action and the one-liners, and that's fine. It, it's what this movie, this series is, you know, based around. You know, the series, like the campiness mm-hmm. of it. All. Yeah, they went too far in this movie for me. I think it's less campy than Seven. I think it is way. Oh man, I, there were so many eye rolling I, I, moments. I'd have for to me. agree with Aaron. I felt they they took down, with the exception of a couple of, uh, you know, Tyrese's lines. I felt like they toned back the cheese factor a bit. Like this actually had some heavy moments in it. Uh, back, going back to what you mentioned about Vin Diesel's acting, like there were some heavy emotional beats in this, which I did not expect from this type of film. And I, I would also argue that since the beginning, the movie's been kind of cheesy. Even the first film has like some moments where 
it's just it's about that like cheesy bro culture and like mm-hmm. honor and respect over everything else and it's like i don't know if real people talk like this that's what i'm saying the the series is cheesy i yeah. i give it that and i yeah. accept it for being cheesy this one went too far too far for, for you yeah yeah let's talk about tyrese gibson i can't stand that character he is so <laughs> annoying he is so annoying you didn't think he was funny at all uh, at all uh, i can't stand that character but um here's something that you mentioned family yeah Family is a huge part of that. I love that. But there's too many people in this series, these movies now. There are way too many people. It's got a little bit of the Ice yeah. Age effect. And I know we've had eight films, you know, kind of create backstories for each of them. So you don't need the backstory. But at the same time, there's so many people on screen, I can't care about every single one of them at the same It's exhausting. Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel Emmanuel, I think, felt a bit like, uh, like a fifth wheel. Uh, in this picture, she was always just riding shotgun because she's not a race car driver. Yeah, uh, she's one of the few characters in the film that doesn't drive, so she was always just riding shotgun with Ludacris or somebody else. And and for what purpose? Just to to put her life in danger? They don't need her at that moment. She can hang back at base and just you know radio in her expertise when needed. And and I kind of felt like I liked having her in the movie because just writing her out or killing her off didn't seem fair either after setting her up in the last couple films. Yeah. But it also at the same time, it's like uh, there's so many people in this movie. Do we need drivers and co-pilots for every one of the seven cars? Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully they, they, they start to trim it back and, and we get less characters and we can go forth with like a group of five and not a group of 12. They keep adding but, more people. Uh, we got more people in this one. And I'm not talking about just the drivers. You know, you have the Kurt Russell character and then all of the Mr. Nobody. Do you like, do you like his character? I like Mr. Nobody. I do too. I really like Mr. Nobody. Yeah. He's cool. But we didn't, Russell's awesome. We didn't need little nobody. We didn't need Scott Eastwood. He was cool, but I think stop adding people. Something I mentioned in in the review I'm I'm still editing is that Scott Eastwood, I I felt like it was um, the producers and the writers testing the waters on an eventual Paul Walker replacement. I think they want to get somebody back into the team that's more of a straight edge, you know, a, like a cop who plays by the rules, and and just somebody who has like a head of hair because everyone else is bald in this movie. And I think they wanted to bring <laughs> one more of those people into the franchise. And I think they're just they're just testing the waters right now. They're saying, will Scott Eastwood be ingratiated and invited into this group for future installments? I think that's the direction they want to go. So it's not just like roided up bald muscle dudes. It, they also have like a you know a, a small weak white guy, who is what Paul Walker used to be. I, I'm also uh, but right uh, now it, it kind of felt like all right that's maybe one too many for this movie. I'm also wondering when uh, was it Louis Louis Black who was it in the in Tokyo Drift? It wasn't Louis Black? No, no. no what was it? Uh, what's <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's right. Lucas, Lucas, uh, Lu- Lucas Black, Lucas yeah, Black. Louis Black is the this is seventy comedian. year old comedian. The comedian, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. Add yeah. Louis Black. Why not? Yeah. No, I'm just waiting for them to bring Lucas uh, Lucas back from the you know oh, yeah. from Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Well, if you've ever been I, that, that would have been that would have been the right move. If if Lucas wasn't doing NCIS New Orleans, it seemed like the obvious choice. Like you've already established your other sort of scrawny white character. Why can't you bring him into the fold to replace the the the, the hole that Paul Walker left? And but he's he's busy doing TV shows, so that's why we didn't get it. But. Uh, that would have made sense because you've already built that character. Yeah, exactly. He's already part of the franchise, and he has relationships with some of the other people. But I, I don't know if I could stand any more movies with Lucas Black, to be fair. I don't really <laughs> care for his accent, and it's quite distracting. <laughs> what else you got? That's all my cons. All right. Um, 
Yeah, fair I enough. think those are fair. I actually think all your cons are, are really fair. I just don't think they impacted the movie the same way for me as they did for you yeah. uh, in that way. Well, because a couple of my cons were your pros. Which one? The cheesiness of the movie as a whole and the whole family thing with you love the family, but I thought the family yeah. was too big. You guys well, like Tyree Gibson. I think in both those cases we're, we're nuancing out different parts yeah. of those things. And I'd actually agree with both of the things that you nuanced out of those. So, yeah. um, In camera so, yeah. style, we definitely agreed on that. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now, I, it's, it, I wanted to quickly mention the camera. I didn't see it in IMAX. Um, so I don't know that um, – I, I do agree that a larger screen exacerbates any of those handheld motions. Personally, I noticed the shaky cam, but it never bothered me. Um, okay. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, let's do one last thing if you've got one, Andrew. I would watch a bunch of the others before I watch this one. All right. That's a that's a uh, sneak peek of our getting into our uh, SIF sort later. Well, I said I didn't like it, so yeah. that itself was a sneak peek. <laughs> what about you, John? You got one more thing? <laughs> Two quick things. Helen Mirren was great. I want to see more of her in the next film. And Jason Statham, there's a scene where he gets to be a little bit more cheeky and a little bit more humorous. And that was probably my favorite moment of the whole film. I love when Jason Statham does comedy action. I stand that scene. And <laughs> I, 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 want, I wanted to see more of that stuff. I don't know if it fit this type of film, but I really liked it. Uh, my one last thing would be I thought the movie took too long to get uh, get the gang all back together. And yeah. for that kind of euphoric, like, oh, now we're all, you know, doing the same thing kind of moment. Pacing. Uh, yeah, I feel like that could have happened a little bit sooner and given a little more oomph to the final act. But, um, I, you know, that's a that's a script thing that would, you know, require other changes and other things. And uh, overall, uh, recommend for me, especially if you like the most recent Fast and Furious movies, I think this will play right in line with them. I'm saying a non-recommend from Andrew. You'd say avoid it. Pass. And John, what would you say? Um, I would recommend this to, if I mean, if you've liked any of the Fast and Furious, you're going to love this one too. And, and, and by now, you should know whether or not these are the types of films for you. Before we get to our SIF sort for today, a quick thank you to our Patreon supporters who support the podcast network that SIF Pop is on. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash studio DNA, uh, you'll be able to support, get some fun perks, uh, including uh, being the first to hear the episodes when they're released. Uh, some other fun stuff as well. That's patreon.com slash studio DNA. Got a message from Lara uh, who said she was very happy uh, after she put, supported last week that, that I actually pronounced her name right. Woo. This is not a lot of... So I was like... Because let me just say something. If you support, it does not necessarily mean I'll pronounce your name right. Because, you know, names are, are tough sometimes. So He still calls me Kevin every now and then. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, when you spell it K-E-V-I-N but pronounce it Andrew, it's weird, okay? That's just strange. It's just how Scandinavians <laughs> spell Andrew. Don't, don't know what to tell you. Uh, thank you so much for your support. Honestly, we could not do this without you. Uh, support starts at 3 bucks a month. Again, the link is patreon.com slash studio dna on to the sift sort guys this is an officially ranked list of the fast and furious movies by by the sift pop crew and here's the thing we have to agree from worst to first the order of these movies for it to be official so we'll kind of go worst to first We'll each give uh, kind of where we're at. We'll discuss it. We'll kind of hop around a little bit if we need to. But eventually, we'll have a complete list. I yep. think Andrew is going to make this difficult, but I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. 
I just do what I do, man. <laughs> it's not my fault your guys' list will probably be wrong. <laughs> I, 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 re- I feel really good about my list. I, think I do, too. I think this will work all right. You um, want us, everybody to start off at number eight? Yeah, I think we're all going to agree on number eight, unless I'm wrong. Too Fast, Too Furious? That's what I've got, John. Too Fast, Too Furious. All right. So hey, hey, like that, we're already off to a good start. All right, start. great. Off to a good start. Yeah, the second movie... Should we talk about... Should we talk about why we hate it? Oh yeah, yeah. Vin Diesel's not in it. Hates a strong word. Uh, I'd say this one felt way too. um, It's like way too nossy, and there was everything was nos and boobs and parties and girls, and it was like a a Miami Vice episode without the drugs. And it was just like this is too 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 far removed from too furious. Yeah, it was too fast and it was way too furious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think they just kind of they were so struggling to figure out you know, what they wanted to be without Dom in the picture, you know? And I just feel like there was no way Brian was going to carry, you know, that whole thing. And it just, it's not a great movie. So there's no, there's no strong conflict. It's just, Oh, we need you to pick up a bad guy. Why is he bad? Cause yeah. we said he is okay. And whereas the first movie, you had that sort of point break remake dynamic of the undercover cop that falls in love with his Mark, etc. But yeah, the second movie doesn't have any of that tension. Yep. It's, I mean, there's some fun chases in it, but definitely my least favorite of the group. All right, good. I think we can move on then. Uh, we all agree on that. Here's where we might get uh, start, you know, uh, diverging a little bit. Andrew, why don't you tell us? Did you where did you put fast? Did you put it all the way down at number seven, or do you have one before that? Uh, I have one before that. Okay, what's your what's your next one? Tokyo Drift. Ooh, interesting, John. Tokyo Drift is also my second least favorite. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to put Tokyo Drift lower than I want to. I think Tokyo Drift is an underrated movie. I knew this would be a problem. I actually have it at number three in the series. Well, okay, so you want to move on to number six? It is an underrated film. It is an underrated movie, but I don't know that it's a good Fast and Furious film. And because it doesn't have, like, any of the recurring regulars, they sort of retroactively made um, uh, Paul Walker, the the guy that... No, the Chinese guy. The what's his name? DK in the film. I forget the actor's name. Oh, they retroactively yeah, yeah, yeah. made him a regular yeah. by making the next four movies prequels. But uh, it, it felt too disconnected, and it felt like its own thing, trying to copy the Fast and Furious movies. Which it's it's good, but no, it's not as good. I so, think some of the racing in Tokyo Drift is some of the best racing in the entire franchise. So, what did you guys have at number six yeah. then? Because since you had Tokyo Drift so high, maybe we can you know bump it up a little bit higher. Uh, I had my next one actually was Fast and Furious, the fourth one, uh, the one right before uh, they really figured out what they were doing. It, this to me is the biggest example of them stumbling around trying to figure out what their franchise yeah. is. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's the first. For, to... The fourth movie, I would agree, is the most like uh, tonally confusing. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd be okay with putting that at number seven, and then Tokyo Drift at number six. If that's okay with you. What do you think, John? Let's do it. All right. I appreciate that. That's why I'm here, buddy. I got your back. <laughs> All right. So in at number six, we've got Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. Change that around. Then, Y'all writing this down somewhere? Yep. Yeah, I keep track of it here. Um, That's good. So now we're at number five. We'll laminate it later. Put it on our wall. That's right. I'll say right now, number five's where I had Fate. Fate of the Furious? Yeah. Um, I have all that's left. I actually only have one below Fate of the Furious, so we might be okay with Fate of the Furious going in at number five. What'd you have at a? Um, I the only one I had below it was the original Fast and the Furious. Ooh, we're gonna have words. Okay, so you want that higher? <laughs> Way. Why are you talking about five? Aren't we on spot six right now? What are we? Eight, seven, six? Yeah, Tokyo Drift is in at number six. Is what we had said. Yeah. Oh, so what's what's seven? Fast and Furious, the fourth movie. The fourth movie. 
Oh, that's right. We picked two at once. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. That's fine. No worries. No worries. It kind of happens that way sometimes where we just kind yeah, of no, yeah, 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 stumble yeah. through. All like, right, all right. So yeah. two, four, three. Now we're on five. Um, yeah, I, I would put fate uh, at number five, I think. Okay. Okay. Let's do that then. This is going. This is going quick, guys. I like it. Yeah, this is suspiciously the, the only one. The only so one far. I would rank. The the only other thing that I would rank um, lower. Uh, I I might flip the first movie with uh, today's movie with with Fast Eight. That's I what I said. Flip. That's what mm-hmm. I said too. Because mm-hmm. I, I I think I liked uh, Fate of the Furious more than the original film. But I think the original film is objectively a more cohesive narrative that's more traditional, whereas this one only kind of works if you've seen the other seven. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a t- – they're very similar in terms of a rating, but I enjoyed the eighth way more, but the first is a better film. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about the first a little bit and where we want to rank it because this, I think this is where we're going to have to, to focus our discussion because it sounds like Andrew has it at either number one or number two. It's at so, number two. Okay, Andrew has it at number two. It did Point Break better than Point Break. Better than Point Break? I think it's better than Point Break. See, I, almost... I would agree with that. Hey! I am not a huge fan of Point Break, and I think it gets a little bit too much credit for not being an excellent film. Man. And, and Fast and Furious, the Fast and the Furious, I think it takes that formula and does a few things better. See, I do love Point Break. But I still think this one did it better. I, I, oh, I like them both. But I, th- I think the tie goes if, – if we have to break the tie, I think The Fast and The Furious is a slightly better picture. Tie goes to the runner. Um, I, I, yeah. have to, the I have to rewatch Point Break now. <laughs> Because it's been a it's been a minute, <laughs> or you need to rewatch the first Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, well, that's like... that's probably <laughs> true as well. Um, yeah, I don't remember again. And we talked about this in when we were reviewing Fate of the Furious. I did not like the first Fast and Furious movie. Uh, I got why people did, but it was so focused on parts of culture that I f- I found um, as we talked about in the in the main review, just not yeah. a part of who I am. Like mm-hmm. the whole movie is focused on that stuff. On fast cars and sexy women, and you know, I mean, I'm not opposed to sexy yeah. women. I'm just saying, you know, the emphasis on physical bodies and you know those kind of See, things. I guess the way I always looked at the first Fast and Furious movie is that that stuff was the clothing of the movie, but the real substance of it was being introduced to. Yes, there is actually a f- deep family dynamic here, and while there is, you know, they're outlaws, this cop is starting to understand this culture not only from like a an undercover detective no, understanding right. it but he's also starting to appreciate what's really going on here. I think that's the, the whole I, time, I think above all else the the only theme that actually does uh transcend all eight pictures is that theme of brotherhood and loyalty. Um not not the cars, not the racing, explosions, actions, right. heists or wisecracking. It's like that loyalty to your your family and your brother. And I think the first movie set that up the best, and then every movie since has sort of been paying off that um uh, that idea, that concept that like you need to stick your neck out for people you trust. I, I actually agree. Narratively, the first movie is solid. Like there's actually a narrative there. Yeah. That's kind of one of the underrated things about that movie is is it's a decent story. Yeah. There's two things from the first movie that really cemented it at number two for me. One was the whole movie. I was in denial that they were the ones robbing the trucks. And the number one reason why this movie is so good for me is that final semi-scene. is so gripping your seat 
in, intense that I just fell in it's, love with. It's it. surprising. It's surprisingly um, like really suspenseful, yeah. despite the fact that comparatively very low budget to what we saw at the end of sure. the eighth. Okay, that's another reason why I love it. Practical effects everywhere in that first movie. Mm, yeah, they were yeah. everywhere. Ever since then, it's been CGI overload. But that first movie was pure practical effects. Besides, like. You know, the NOS scenes where they go in hyperspace and they're passing the Millennium <laughs> Falcon, you know. But other than that, no, a yeah, lot generally of the- all all the crashes and racing in that movie were done uh, practically. They might have been sped up a little bit in post, but from what I remember researching, um, most of that movie was done legitimately. Yeah. Which uh, is commendable, and I, and I appreciate that. All right. I'm willing to move the fa- the original Fast and Furious up a little bit. What would we put at number four then, right above Fate of the Furious? Uh, for me, it would be six. It would yep, be Fast and I'd Furious six. six. Yeah. What about you, John? So we we have two, four, three, eight, and now we're picking the fourth slot. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, I could go with Fast. Um, Fast and Furious six. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'd be okay with that. I think six and seven are kind of tied for me, but seven made me cry, so I'd give the I I push that up. That's exactly six how did? I feel. No, seven. Yeah, seven did. Yeah. Seven, seven has did. This... seven did. Yeah, the, I mean the, the ending of that movie it it made me wait weep. Yeah. It was just like it was beautiful, and it's and it's so embarrassing that like a dumb car movie made me cry, but like Paul Walker was a real guy. You know, what? I think we really all have the same number one. Awful way. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I, I don't know have... that there's. Oh, much... of course we do. There's yeah. no question what number one yeah, is. There's, yeah, there's there's not much debate about number one. So, I, okay, so we're going with Fast and Furious 6 at number 4. Just to talk about that movie a little bit more, uh, it is the movie that, for me, took the, the Fast Five you know, formula mm-hmm. that, obviously, they locked into and then tried yep. to figure out how to amp it up. And some of it works, and some of it doesn't work. Yeah. Whereas in 7, I think most of it works. Mm-hmm. And there's only a few things that don't work. Um, so, I, you know, that's why I would put, you know, seven above six, but so, in addition to the emotion. Here's what I'm thinking. Since you guys had... Oh, sorry, I guess I should actually talk into the mic. Here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Since you guys had the original so low, maybe put that at number three as kind of a... Uh, I'm fine a with comprom- that. Compromise. And then I think we know what the list is now. It's if, gonna, if we're going to put the fa- the original Fast and Furious at number three, yes, we know the list. Yeah. Okay. Is so, that all right, John? To put uh, at number three, put the original Fast and Furious. I, I'm guessing it is, since you and I both had it lower than that. I I would have put it at four. Right. But three is all right. I could live with three. I wouldn't put it any higher than that. Uh, which means Furious Seven yeah. is number two, and then and then easily f- five uh, is number one. Yeah. Easily, easily five easily is number five. one. Easily five. Man, I wish they could go back. I, and I don't. Make I don't know movie. what it is that makes the fifth movie such a such a clear winner in this category because almost everyone I've spoken to about the ranking of this franchise, which I'm ashamed to admit has been more than the two of you, um, <laughs> it seems to place the fifth movie like like with, with on a pedestal. Like it is, it is not just the best of the franchise; it is by its own rights one of the better action movies of this century. And I, I think that entire thing from front to start is is such an excellent heist movie. It's an excellent action movie. And it's the one movie where they got all the people into place at the right time and the right dynamic, and, and they figured it out. For like the briefest of moments, they captured lightning in a bottle. Here's why. Here's and why everything, so else, everything else has sort of been trying to mimic or recreate that success in one shape or another. All right, here's what's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to count to three, and then Andrew and I are both going to say why Fast Five is, is so good. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. We haven't talked about this before. <laughs> no, we haven't. All right, this will be interesting, because <laughs> yeah. I, I really don't know if you're thinking the same thing I am, but here okay. we go. 
One, two, three. The, the Rock. Rock. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's adding <laughs> Dwayne Johnson to this movie was perfect. It was yeah. like somebody getting their, you know, chocolate and peanut butter. It was like, oh my goodness. Why didn't this we is, think of this sooner? Yes, this is perfect. Yeah. Also, it's a brilliant heist movie. And it really is. You, you, Aaron knows this. I'm a sucker for heist movies. This is a heist movie done right in this in this universe. And then you add The Rock, who is bigger than he's ever been to this <laughs> point, like freakishly huge, and it Gigantor. works. Yeah, he was. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, personally, for me, I, I go to these movies for the action sequences, and I think the fifth movie delivered my two favorites. They have to rob some supercars off of a train before it goes over a cliff, mm-hmm. and they have to break a safe out of a building and then drive it down the streets of Rio. Unbelievable. That's, that's the those. scene. That's the scene both, everybody thinks of. And, and both of those moments are just so well choreographed, and, and and I love the train scene especially. I think it works because it has such a definitive linear structure to it, and you have that cliff coming up, and you know that you know um, Dom Toretto has to jump off the train just before the cliff so that brian o'connor can turn away and you know what has to happen and when they pull it off in such a a beautiful and explosive way it it just it's one of those great moments in in action choreography that it's like yes this is how you make a good film yeah it's it's beautiful and i think it deserves its its place at the top we didn't talk a lot about i mean we talked a little about furious seven i guess we talked about the ending the heartbreak the other heartbreak here's the other thing about that uh i think that's one of the biggest um uh, Oscar thefts of all time is the fact that that song didn't win best song that year. There was no song. Oh yeah, no, that was more that was garbage for a movie than that song. And I just was I, it even nominated? Yeah, I think it did actually get nominated. Okay. Um, and it should have won. And if, I think if it's any consolation, "See You Again" was the number one song in the Billboard charts for like four months, which is yeah. a ridiculously long amount of time. I think only Bruno Mars's "Uptown Funk" has. I, di- I think it did pass it. But in the last, like, 20 years, it was Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On, which was on the thing for a year. And then See You Again is, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, is it's one of the most successful singles of all time. Did Frozen, At least is it the last same year? Years. Did Frozen beat it out? Is that what it was? I don't remember what beat it out. I guess if I'm going to call it a huge theft, I should know what beat it. But um, that was just ooh, two years ago, three years ago? No, it went, it went to um, Glory by John Legend. Oh, was that from Selma? And Common. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That was a good. That was a good song. That is a good song, but the the fast song should have won. Yeah, uh, I can't believe won. that was as easy as we made it. <laughs> so well, you know what? We're good at we're good at figuring this stuff out. You know, we got our sift sort <laughs> ducks in a row. It's not like Disney princesses where it's a you know a battle. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's the official sift pop ranking for the fast movies. At number eight, Too Fast, Too Furious. Blech. Number seven, Fast and Furious. That's the fourth one. Number six, Tokyo Drift. Mm. The third one. Uh, number five, Fate of the Furious, the one that just mm. came out. Number four, Fast and Furious 6. Mm. Number three, The Fast and the Furious. Mm. Number two, Furious 7. Mm-hmm. And number one, Fast 5. <laughs> I like the little sound effects. <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> The only yeah, one that you seemingly enjoyed were the last two or three. <laughs> um, right. Quick fact check. I looked it up. Um, I was actually thinking of the 87th Oscars, not the 88th. Um, which uh, So it, it didn't lose to Glory. It would have lost to Writings on the Wall by Sam Smith, but it wasn't nominated <gasps> that year. What? That's and I don't crazy. understand that because I really remember seeing it nominated. 
Yeah, well, I, I know, I know, we nominated the Critics' Choice. I know nominated that year. So, man, I can't believe it didn't even get nominated. It's a shame. It was nominated for a Golden Globe, but not an Oscar. Wow. Yeah. And it did, it did get some Grammy nominations as well, but yeah, it was not nominated. Shame for on an you, Oscar, Academy. Again, shame on you. It, it is a bit shameful because I, when I heard that song the first time. I, I thought for sure, like, oh, this is such a great song. Obviously, they this is an existing piece of music that they fit. So it lost. I had the no Spectre idea it was original. Song? Yeah, the Spectre yeah. song yeah, was which terrible. I did not like. It was yes. <laughs> it's no Skyfall. As a big James Bond fan, that was one of my least favorite theme songs. I yeah. can't believe that one. All right. I don't know. Well, there you go. There's the official uh, list, and uh, thank you for we figured it out for figuring out our sift sort with us. Thanks for the chat. For uh, piping in as well. Yeah. Uh, let's take a little Sift Quest. Sift Quest! Welcome to your Sift Quest for this week. Each week we'll venture forth together on a quest for answers. If you have burning pop culture questions, need an argument settled, or have a cultural conundrum, simply tweet me at Aaron Dicer or email feedback at siftpop.com. Today's Sift Quest was launched by Trevor via the email address. Trevor asks this question. Is there any particular scene or movie in general that makes you want to eat or drink something specific? One of my examples is The Matrix, where Cypher is eating steak with Mr. Smith. It always makes me want to cook a filet or New York strip immediately. That's a good answer. Uh, That is a great answer. Um, I've got three that I could mention. Um, Do you guys have about the same? I have a funny one and a real one. Okay, John, about how many do you have? I can't think of a single instance in any movie where people are eating food. <laughs> and I've been racking my brain for the last hour on this podcast. Like, well, what am you, I going to say for this? And I, I still don't know. All right. I tell you what, then. Uh, Andrew and I will go back and forth. I'll start since I have three and you have two. And then when one comes to your brain or you want to pop in, you know, with thoughts on the ones we mentioned, we'll just do it that way. Actually, I, I thought of a third one, so we're good. We can. We, I'll still I'm Googling start. food in movies right now. <laughs> right. I'm going to see I'll, what I'll happens. I'll say my joke one real quick just to get it out of the way. All right. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, Krispy Kreme from Power Rangers. Nice. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That doesn't make me hungry for a Krispy Kreme. It makes me hate advertising culture. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, why don't you go? All right. Uh, for mine, one that I thought of was in Back to the Future 2, where they have the little disc they put in some oh, sort of machine that makes a, a real... pizza. Yeah, yeah. I want to eat pizza so bad every time I see that. Hydrate and I also, to level four, please. I also want that machine. So yeah. let's just be clear. Yeah. There's, it's twofold there. It's technology. And food, the hydration but, box, and that's yeah. true. That's true for any time pizza's in a movie. If there's pizza in a movie, I'm just like, like I, any of the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, movies? I need a slice any of, of pie. Any of the Ninja Turtles movies, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I'm gonna go with my second one, or unless John, have you thought of any? I watched The Founder the other night, and I came away after watching all of Ray Kroc's duplicitous business maneuvering and thinking, I really want to go get a Big Mac and fries now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get a Big Mac and fries from the '60s, whenever it looked amazing. <laughs> Instead of a McDonald's. Yeah, no, I, I want to I go back in time to, like, 1950s San Bernardino and get one of the original hamburgers from McDonald's. Those yeah. look delicious. Yeah. Um, my second one, I'm going to go with the Big Kahuna Burger from Pulp Fiction. Because if Sam Jackson shouts out, this is a good burger, I want to try that burger. <laughs> I really want to try that burger. Uh, I will then go to uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall anytime he's eating a giant bowl of cereal. Yes. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I want some cereal yes. right now. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one that'll do. I get cereal cravings uh, sometimes. So, so yeah. does that happen when you watch uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Do you have a a hankering for Cheerios? Dad, don't eat me. Uh or maybe an oatmeal cream pie. 
uh, in Honey, I Shrunk the yeah. Kids when they have that giant oatmeal cream pie. With ant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anytime there's cereal, I'm sure I'm going to dig it. John, you got another one? No, I still, I'm still still drawing a blank on this. Maybe <laughs> I just don't pay attention to food in movies. I'm, I'm not really thinking of any examples of where like, oh, I, that looks good. I need to eat oh, it. Oh, right I just now. thought of another one. Here's mine. Here's my number one. Okay. Um, it's from Chef. I was just going to mention Those Chef. The Cubano burger or the Cubano See, sandwiches. I don't want the Cubano, but I understand why you do. Yeah. It's the grilled cheese sandwich he makes for me. I'm like, oh my goodness. For you a- or for Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember me in that movie when he made that grilled cheese sandwich oh, sorry. for me? I, I knew you looked familiar. <laughs> um, Guys, I've been, doing a, I've been doing a podcast with Black Widow this entire time and I didn't even notice. Talk about the Cubano for you. Oh man, just that, that those, I'm just going to make everybody hungry right here. So he takes those. He takes those uh, baguettes. Oh, and he the cuts cooking them in, in half, this movie is crazy. And then he takes the uh, the chivesa or the the pork. You know, mm-hmm. he just slices it perfectly, and he puts that Swiss cheese on there, and then he grills it in that in that food truck. Ah, oh, my my mouth right now is watering. <laughs> I can barely talk. I just want that cubano so bad. So there's a scene where he's making the grilled cheese for Scarlett Johansson's character, yeah. and I had never seen somebody make a grilled cheese sandwich. Or did he make like, it for a son? Maybe it was for a son. I think he made it for a son yeah, yeah, now that no, I think no, about right, it. right. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. I was that little boy, man. Like, I mean, <laughs> in that moment, like, I wanted nothing more than to eat that grilled cheese sandwich he made. And I was just like, oh, you can make, like, designer grilled cheese. And it was just, ah, uh, it looks so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that looked really good. I like how we go to the same movie, <laughs> different scenes, though. When there's probably four other scenes in that movie for somebody else, you know, with all the, the lava food. cake and oh, stuff like man, that. Man, there's good food. Supposed in to be melted. The uh, the only other one I had was the breakfast scene in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Always makes me crave sausage. Uh, and it's interesting because some people would think like the breakfast scene in Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure, mm-hmm. where he's got like the you know the contraption that makes the eggs and those kind of things. Yeah, that actually is from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It's almost the same contraption. Yeah. And Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and that's that's kind of where where I go to with that. I just that, thought so. of another one. The Imaginary Food and Hook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what any of that food is. It's just... <laughs> I just want it. It just looks like different colored icing. Or pudding. Yeah, or yeah. pudding. But every now and then, on, on a, they'll pull a, out like a big turkey drumstick and just rip it right off and just chow down on that. On, on a similar note, speaking of imaginary, um, any of the food during the Pure Imagination sequence in the original Willy Wonka... I don't think any of that food tasted good because it just looked like stale fondant in the shape of a mushroom. <laughs> but as a kid, I kind of want to be like, what does a chocolate river taste like? Probably just chocolate, but I kind of wanted to be in that factory with the Oompa Loompas trying some of that food to see what it really tasted like. I, I don't know that teacup. I would crave it in the same way you would <laughs> traditional food, but it, it did look like – I would give that a shot. I'd, I'd eat it. Maybe because I don't eat candy, but I never found any of that stuff appetizing. Is anything going on in the chat? Is yeah, Ratatouille, Ratatouille was mentioned. Um, Reese's Pieces and E.T. Reese's Pieces and E.T. was mentioned in the chat yeah. as well. Uh, all good choices. So, man, we better finish this podcast quick because... I got, a, I got a trailer to watch. I'm starving. Oh, yes, the trailer. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I would. I should mention, though, <laughs> I think the reason I don't think about food, uh, the reason I don't crave food when I'm watching a movie is because I'm always eating when I'm watching TV. Like always. <laughs> so that's probably why 
I don't ever see food on TV and think I need that because I'm already eating something. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, I just thought of another yeah. one just real quick. Spaghetti from Lady and the Tramp. It always makes me want spaghetti. Meatball, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to eat the spaghetti together, Andrew? Let's do it. And then suck one strand and then, you know, we'll see how get, get our faces together as close yeah. as they do in that movie? Or? Let's do it. Let's not and say we did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we finish out, let's do some buried treasure. What's the one item in pop culture you want to make sure people know about? Could be from any area of pop culture. Doesn't just have to be movies or television. Andrew, why don't you kick us off? So, season two of one of my favorite shows has just kicked off, Mm -hmm. and not a lot of people that I talk to around here have seen it. When I go on the internet, everybody praises the show. Attack on Titan. Oh. Have you ever seen the show? Is it anime? It is an anime. Okay, yeah. Aaron, I cannot recommend the show enough for you. I just don't do anime well. Like, I just... I don't either. Holy crap, the show is phenomenal. Okay. It blows me away. All right. And the sh- the story is riveting because whenever I've never thought of human beings as being hunted for food before, and it's so horrifying. Well, and they, yeah. No, no. It's the way they capture it in the sh- yeah, it Obviously, it's horrifying. The way they capture it and the way they stylize it in the show is mesmerizing, and it terrifies me every single time I watch it. Coming straight off of a discussion on foods that make you want a specific food. <laughs> Not Attack on Titan. <laughs> Not Attack Definitely, on Titan. Definitely, I should have said that as one of my joke <laughs> answers. Yeah, Attack on Titan. Human beings look delicious. <laughs> yeah, Silence of the Lambs, man. It gets me every time. Yeah, Soylent I want green. some farber beans. Give me some Soylent Green. <laughs> yeah, uh, and a nice Chianti. Um, you would love the show. Okay. You really would you. love the show. I thought you were going to say Better Call Saul, because they just... That's season they just, three just started, That's didn't true, it, it is season... Is it? Yeah, season, yeah, season three, three. Yeah, that just started. And which I have not started season three yet. Have you? I just saw the first episode. Yeah, is it, it good? Oh, I. I mean, Better Call Saul is possibly. It goes back and forth with me with another show that's coming back very soon. Fargo mm-hmm. as being my favorite shows on TV, like Better they're, Call they're Saul both, and Fargo. They're both great. Um. So what I love about the the first episode of each season, though, is also that it's in the like the future, like yeah. post Breaking Bad, and so I'm always curious, like how what's, he's doing? what's happening at Cinnabon, you know? And yeah, and uh, he is working at Cinnabon now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I love Saul so much. Yeah, yeah. But for Attack on Titan, Aaron, for you and for everybody that's listening to this, if you have been hesitant about picking it up, this is one of the the things like. I will force people to watch because I'm so passionate and so I, I believe in it so much that people will if love it. If you force people to watch it, it better be good because whenever you're forced to watch something, like it's hard not to have like something against it. So Actually, here's here's something else I'll say. Just to, I know I've been going on about it for a long time now, but just real quick. For me, whenever I'm watching a movie, like a live-action movie, I always prefer to watch something in its original language if it's foreign language. But for anime, I have a really hard time of not watching something dubbed. Attack on Titan is one of the few shows I would recommend watching in uh, the original Japanese. Because yeah. I think they really capture it a lot more than the dubbed version does. I'm I'm always, I'm pro uh, subtitles mm-hmm. in almost every single instance. Uh, I, I, love I think this. we've had this discussion before. Yeah. I think it's because I just love watching the visuals of something yeah. that they really capture in anime. That, you know, I just want to watch that instead of looking down at the words. But I think that it No, works, I get it. So. I understand. Uh, My Buried Treasure is a movie that just released on Netflix. It's also getting a limited run in theaters. Uh, it stars Jake Johnson, who you may know from New Girl or some other things. Uh, it is called Win It All, and it's uh, about gambling and addiction a little bit, but it's almost kind of one of those, uh, you know, like 
root for your character to get out of a bad situation kind of things. And I really enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. Well, good. And so uh, if you're looking for something maybe on Netflix that's new and not something you know that's been out for a while, uh, you could check out Win It All. I really love that Netflix is putting out original movies now. Um, uh, MST three cool. K came out today. That was the other thing I was going to mention. I haven't watched. Oh yeah, I haven't had. Right. I haven't had time. But today, uh, Mystery Science Theater It'll released. Probably be a buried treasure next week. Yeah, I'm guessing. Actually, we may do that for our review next week. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're all out, so we'll probably watch. Uh, a, I'm going to probably go watch all of them. A couple of them at least. So we may because Good I'm not sure if you plan to marathon that. They're like two hours each, <laughs> right? You don't know my powers. <laughs> uh, John, right, I, th- I thought of a couple. I, I, I don't know if, if it counts as buried treasure. Because uh, you're probably familiar with it, but uh, this week, in honor of opening day of uh, the baseball season, I went back and watched uh, Angels in the Outfield yes. again for the first time since I was a kid. The Disney remake from the '90s. Yeah, I rewatched that for the first time mm-hmm. since probably 1998, and it holds up. I really, really enjoyed it just as much as when I used to have it rewound on VHS like every other day. Because I watched that thing until the tape wore out. Uh, it's still great. It's still funny, and I really enjoyed it. It's a good sentimental throwback. Now that's the uh, and and because. That's the Joseph Gordon-Levitt one you're talking about, right? And Tony Danza? Correct. Okay. And they also had two Oscar winners. You have Owen Wilson, not Owen Wilson, I'm sorry, Matthew McConaughey and uh, Adrian Brody in this film. Wow. Uh, You also have um, Danny Glover. You have uh, J.O. Sanders. You've got Christopher Lloyd, obviously. Uh, A a bunch of, like, big names and and solid, like, that guy talent. Yeah. Yeah, before they were famous. And I was I wasn't sure if it was going to be as good as I remember because when you go back to your childhood favorites, lots of times they're like overly cheesy, simple, and dumb and goofy. And Angels in the Outfield actually was like legitimately a great film. That's good to even know. Even in a even from my jaded, you know, adult perspective. <laughs> so I, don't know, I guess my buried treasure is go back and find a movie you haven't seen in twenty years and. Give it another shot. See how it holds up. There's there's something about a good baseball movie. Like I don't know. I'm. Abs- know. I watched a whole bunch this week, and they were. I got saw Bull Durham, uh, Pride of the Yankees, and um, there was one other film. I really like For Love uh, of the, the Game. Rookie. Oh, Rookie's good too. I'm yeah. Trying to think. Yeah, of my again, one, one of those sentimental movie. Disney movies where everything kind of works out in the end, and you kind of see it coming, but it's fun. I Probably th- Field of Dreams or Sandlot well, is my yeah, favorite Field baseball. Field of Dreams is way up there. Yeah, Field of Dreams is up. There Ironically, sure. I hate baseball, but I love baseball movies. Moneyball's great. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, right. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'd hate baseball, but I'm not like a huge passionate I fan. I can't stand it. Uh, like I like <laughs> football, but yeah but baseball movies there's something cinematic about it that makes it very easy to translate because i think more than any other sport baseball has sort of a, a hold on hollywood well it's, it's also been dozens and dozens it's also baseball. it's also one of the only sports where the movie is actually shorter than watching a game yeah <laughs> and maybe that's this why i like it it's, true. it's a highlight reel a movie is a good highlight right? reel of baseball yeah there you go yeah Oh, well, we did it, guys. Yeah, Huzzahs. We did Yay. a podcast. Yay for podcasting. We did not drive fastly through that podcast, though. <laughs> no. We took our time. We were furious, though. So furious. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Poppy is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. Mixler, by the way, spelled M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks again to today's guru, John Paula. What? Oh, yes. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about uh, anything you want to plug. 
Sure. Um, I got a show called uh, Movie Night over at jogwheel.com where I review movies every week. Uh, last week we looked at the Anaconda series because they're worth talking about during the 20th, 20th anniversary this week of the first Anaconda film. And uh, tonight I'm going to be talking about uh, Furious 8 again, if you haven't already heard my thoughts on that enough. And next week I'm going to continue with the horror franchise. We're going to look at Lake Placid and a bunch of King Kong movies. So uh, I, I like going sort of outside the norm. Every film reviewer is talking about the new Star Wars trailer. I like to throw it back to just old stuff that doesn't get a lot of chatter, like the fifth sequel to Lake Placid, because that <laughs> deserves to be crapped on because it's a bad film. If I could do a specific recommend on John's channel, uh, I loved yeah. the Hitchcock uh, movie nights. Thank you. Uh, where you, I think you named, I think you reviewed several of my favorite Hitchcock films. Seven. I reviewed seven films. That was one of my biggest episodes I've ever done. I, I tell, it's, like it's, it's like it's 30 minutes. It's 30 minutes of scripted content. I do more content a week than CBS does. <laughs> nice. Uh, thank Get you, John. We appreciate you being here. You're man. welcome. Uh, much Always a pleasure, fellas. Thanks for having me. Much love and gratitude also to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. You can support it $3 a month or more. It comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more info at patreon.com slash studio DNA. There are a lot of ways to connect with us here at the podcast. SoundCloud, you can tweet at us. Uh, iTunes comments are always great. Email is feedback at siftpop.com if you have a SiftQuest question. You can put that in there as well. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the podcast too, so let them know about it. Let them know that learning how to listen is much easier than driving a flaming car in reverse. Spoiler chat for this <laughs> week's movies should be up next in your podcast feed, and we will see you back next week for some talk maybe on Mystery Science Theater, depending right on that. if there's a good movie coming out, which I didn't see that there was one. So we'll, uh, we'll chat on something next week, and we'll see you then. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.